Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Kings chapter 4, and if I give this one a title, it would simply be The Wisest Man Ever. Wouldn't that be an amazing legacy that, you know, wisest man to ever live, this guy right here, right? That would be absolutely awesome. That is what Solomon is, and we're going to see more of that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're leaving us a comment, letting us know how you're connecting with God's Word. Also, thank you so much for everybody who is liking, sharing, subscribing, leaving us a five-star review on the podcast. We're so very thankful for you. And I love how we had one podcast person who said this. Uh, Her name was Brittany, and she said, I love this. I listen every day on my way to work. I heard Pastor Brandon speak at our church, and I love how he teaches and shares God's Word. Thank you so much, Brittany, for listening to God's Word with me and for growing with me. And um, the fact that you're going to work, I want to tell a joke about something to do with going to work, but I want you to keep both hands on the wheel, okay? (laughs) But thank you so much, and it is an honor that I get to go to work with you every day. So thank you for listening, and I love it so much. But Brittany, for you and everybody else, make sure you are also going on Facebook, if you do Facebook, to the Facebook discussion group. Bible Breakdown Discussion, because man, we get there together. We have a lot of people doing some great work over there, doing discussions and different things. And the more we dig, the more we find. And I would love to know, as you're digging deeper into 1 Kings, I had a lot of people tell me that they had no idea that's where 1 Kings came from, that it was written on the very beginning of the exile. So right at the time that the nation of Israel and Judah had been destroyed, they're trying to figure out, how did we get here? I thought we were supposed to be an eternal kingdom and God was going to be with us. And these scribes, everybody, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote down, well, this is what happened. Well, it starts off really good, which is where we are right now, and it ends really bad, which is where we're going to get to over the course of about three to 400 years. And so if you have 1 Kings chapter 4, we're right now in the good part, the Renaissance period. Everything is great. Everything is wonderful. And the reason why it's so wonderful is because David followed the Lord. He didn't always get everything right, but he followed God with all of his heart. And in this season, spoiler alert, Solomon is following the Lord. He's giving God everything he has. And God said, since you wanted to serve me to the best of your ability and serve the people I've put you over, I'm going to help you make everything you want come to pass. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be awesome. Praise the Lord. And so we're seeing now the fruit of, of following God. And so if you have your Bibles ready, 1 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read about what it looks like when we follow God with all of our heart and all of our soul. Here we go. And also, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. As a whole lot of hard names. And some of you have told me that <laughs> I actually had some people told me that is your favorite chapters when I stumble over all these words. I had one lady say, when I see Pastor Brandon stumble over these names, it helps me. <laughs> but I also heard people that say it is my most hated thing when I listen to you suffer over these names. No matter what, we're diving in anyway. So here we go. First Kings chapter four, verse one says this. Now, King Solomon ruled over all Israel. And these were his high officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Elohoref, the son of Ahash, the sons of Shisha, were the court secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Eliud, was the royal historian. 
Benahiah, the son of Jehoiada, was the commander of the army and the guy who kills everybody. <laughs> Zadok and Abathar were priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. Zebud, the son of Nathan, a priest, was the trusted advisor to the king. And Ashar was manager over the palace property. Adoram, the son of Abda, was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon also had 12 district governors who were all over Israel, and they were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the 12 governor, uh, governors. Ben-Hur, which sounds like the guy from the movie, in the hill country of Ephraim. Ben-Decker of Mizgah, Shaliabah, Beth-Shamesh, and Elion Bethahanan. Ben-Hesed in Zerubath, including Zuccoth and all the land of Hefer, Ben Abinadab in all of Naphoth Dor, and he was married to Hifoth, uh, excuse me, Tifoth, one of Solomon's daughters. Bana, son of Aliad, in Tekana, uh, uh, Tanaka, uh, in Megiddo, all of Beth Shan near Zareth, now Jezreel, and all the territory from Beth Shan to Abel Menholah and over to Jachman, Ben Geber and Remoth Gilead, including the towns of Jair, named Jair of the tribe of Manasseh in Gilead, and in Argob, the region of Bashan, including 60 large fortified towns with bronze bars on their gates. Abinadab, son of Edo, in Miramam, and Ahamas of Naphtali. He was married to Bash, uh, Bashmath, another of Solomon's daughters, and Bana, son of Husha, in Asher, in, and in Eloth, Jehoshaphat, son of Perua, in Issachar, and Shimei, son of Elah, in Benjamin, and Gabir, son of Uri, in the land of Gilead, including the territories of King Sihon and the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. There was also one governor over the land of Judah. Now, verse 20, All the people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sands on the seashore, and they were contented with plenty to eat and drink. Pause. What a wonderful legacy for any king is that the people were numerous and they were content. They had everything that they needed. Wow, what a wonderful legacy. Verse 21, Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The conquered peoples of those lands sent tribute money to Solomon and continued to serve him throughout his lifetime. The daily food requirements for Solomon's palace were 150 bushels of choice flour and 300 bushels of meal. Also, 10 oxen from the fattened pens, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep or goat, as well as deer, gazelles, roe deer, and choice poultry. In other words, these folks were not vegans. <laughs> they liked the protein. All right, verse 24. Solomon's dominion extended over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River from Tif Tifsha to Gaza, and there was peace on all his borders. During the lifetime of Solomon, all of Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety. From Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, each family had his own home and garden. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot's horses, and he, and he had 12,000 horses. The district governors faithfully provided food for King Solomon and his court. Each made sure nothing was lacking during the month assigned to him. 
They also brought necessary barley and straw for the royal horses in the stables. God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded all of the wise men in the east and the wise men of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan and Hazarite, the sons of Mahol, Heman, Kelco, and Darda. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He could speak with authority on all kinds of plants, from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows from the cracks in the hall. He could also speak about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. The kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Wow. This is what it looks like when we serve God with all of our heart. He makes it so that everything that we lead is in peace. Now, that doesn't mean that it's perfect. As we could even see there, he noticed this little thing that even the small hyssops that grows in the cracks in the wall, which means it's human. All right? it, it's normal. It, things happen. Nothing's perfect, but there's peace. One of the things I've learned in my life is that we have to constantly realize there's no such thing as perfect, but there is peace moving forward in our life. And in this season of Solomon's life, his goal was to honor the people of God, to serve as best as he could. And God honored him back by giving him peace and giving him plenty for everything he needed. There's a lot of stuff. We look at this and we go, wow, how blessed, how whatever. But he also had a lot he had to take care of. And so what lesson can we take away? God has an amazing legacy for you. But it doesn't start in chapter 4. It starts in chapter 3. When we humble ourselves before God and say, God, I want to do the very best I can with what you've given me. Whatever that looks like, I'm going to do the best I can. And I want to serve you with all my heart. If we will do that in those private moments when nobody else is looking, doing the right thing for the right reason, because it's the right thing to do, God will then honor us openly in various different ways. Something to think about today. That's what integrity is. Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. Everybody wants a chapter four, but it all starts with chapter three, when we'll do what is needed when nobody else is looking. Something to think about today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you're with us in public settings like what we see today, but you're also with us in those private moments. I pray, God, that you will help us in all things to constantly remember that you're with us. You're with us more in chapter three moments than in these chapter four. It's wonderful to celebrate, like in chapter 4, when everything is happening and all this stuff is good. But we also celebrate the quiet moments and realize that in all things, you are with us. I'm thankful for you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And well, don't forget, as it says in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah challenges us all when he says, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. Remember, the overall idea of this entire book is our history tells a story, but it doesn't tell the whole story because we follow God with all we have. He always leads us in the right direction. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Kings chapter 5.